the Proud Boys and what the future of the Proud Boys in Canada may or may not look like. Joining us to provide a little insight, we have Elizabeth Simons, who is the Executive Director of the Canada Anti-Hate Network. Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I appreciate your time. Hi, Shay. Thank you for having me. Yeah, okay, so let's just sort of um, lay the groundwork here. The Proud Boys, we've heard a lot about them, and, and they were actually started by a Canadian guy. Um, just, you know, what is the official, I don't know, designation or the official um, characterization of the Proud Boys, what they're all about, and why they became such an issue for our federal government? Yeah, well, so the Proud Boys started... Uh, by Gavin McInnes, uh, from who used to be with, with Vice Media, left there many years ago, um, and then went on to found the Proud Boys uh, a number of years ago. Uh, he started the group with kind of the the intention of of creating kind of like a like a far right fight club, I guess you could say. Like it, it, right, it, yeah. it, it always kind yeah. of. Wrote, it always kind of relied on irony and, and, and jokes, and, and they, they, they tended to really shield or use that as a shield against criticism. So whenever they'd be criticized, they'd say, oh, well, we're just joking, it's just irony, it's just, it's just meant for fun. But over time, it, it became very clear that they were, they were absolutely agitators. Um, they, they were far right. They would, you know, pop up at rallies. They would instigate, you know, physical violence. Um, one of the big stories in Canada was, I think it was in 2017, there's a bunch of Proud Boys in Nova Scotia. They showed up at an Indigenous event, uh, which was protesting, I believe, a statue, and they showed up and, and, and caused a lot of disruption and, and what have you. And that's really kind of when it started off, in, in Canada at least. So the Canadians have always been very... Um, there hasn't really been like a central leadership structure right. with, with the Canadians, um, unlike the Americans. There are a lot of differences between the American Proud Boys and the Canadians. So the Canadians have always been, you know, each kind of chapter has been its own thing, and they might differ from chapter to chapter. Like, you know, one city might have a different kind of uh, perspective than another city and, and, and so on and so forth, um, which was different than the U.S., However, right. um, over time, it became clear that they, they were a hate group and, and they, they used uh, far-right politics as kind of an inroad into promoting, you know, anti-Muslim uh, rhetoric, uh, anti-women, uh, anti-trans especially. They were very much anti-trans. So they did, they did use their position to kind of um, further uh, some, some very, some very hate, hateful, hateful ideas. And... Uh, so much so that the federal government actually designated them a terrorist group, correct? Yeah, they did. So it was after the January 6th insurrection at the, at the, the Capitol building in D.C., which, of course, as everybody knows, the Proud Boys had quite a hand in. Mm-hmm. Uh, our government felt that they had enough to designate the Proud Boys a terrorist group alongside a couple of other groups like Adam Watson Division and Russian Imperial Movement and the base. So... Um, you know whether, or, you know, regardless of someone's uh, thoughts on on the terror the terror designation listing, uh, it, it really is a, a legal concept, and so the, the purpose of it is to make it very difficult to organize. So it's not illegal to be a member, but there would be issues with um, financing, yep. uh, property, travel, you know, things like that. So uh, very shortly after the designation, a number of chapters across Canada did come out and dis- and say we're done. We're we're disbanding, we're, we're leaving, we're over. Um, and then a couple of days ago, 
they uh, the statements came out um, claiming to be from like a Proud Boy elder, uh, and, and said that the Proud Boys like writ large were, were done. Yes. What's interesting about that is that there is no national leadership structure, and and as Global News first reported, there's actually been some backlash in private channels. Where some of them have said, we don't acknowledge this, this doesn't speak for us, we, we're not listening to this. So there is some friction there in terms of, uh, you know, whether this means Proud Boys really are done or whether some might, you know, do their own thing. Or move to another group, correct? For them to do. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, yeah, we, we've always said, you know, what, what people need to focus on is movements of a group. You know, hate groups come and go. They rebrand, sure. they change, they break up, they split off. It's really the movement that, that you know, that is, is one to watch. And what we've seen in recent, most, like, it's been, it's been this way for a very long time, but we're, we're really seeing it trending toward this now, is that people are shifting away from the offline formal hate group structure and moving toward like really online loose networks. So that could happen. I mean, they don't even have to be part right. of a group to be a hate from one individual. Yeah, and you know, Elizabeth, I know so, that the United States has declared these kinds of groups the biggest threat to domestic security, and Canada has done something very similar. We are identifying that this is probably, uh, you know, the biggest threat facing Canadians and Americans right now is actually internal. It's not, yeah. it's not outside forces. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, kind of related to the Proud Boys, there actually is a chapter, there was a chapter in Ontario, which in 2020 broke off from the larger Proud Boys and started their own uh, kind of network, which they called Canada First. And this particular one, which again, was a Proud Boy chapter, broke off because of an ideological difference. So the regular Proud Boys were not extreme enough for them anymore. Okay. And this group is now, you know, pro-terror, pro-genocide, <laughs> Uh, you know, it's it, social media channels, which are just absolutely full of, of horrific and brutal violence. And that's kind of what you can see happen. You can see people going, you know, the, you know, members of Proud Boys, not all of them, but many. You can see them going kind of from that, you know, nationalist, yeah, right wing right. nationalist. You can see them, you can see the trajectory towards more hardline neo-Nazism. That's not a surprise. That's, that's happening, you know, we saw it in the States, we've seen it here. And the designation and this supposed dissolution is not going to make them abandon their worldviews. Exactly. It's not really going to change who they are. And, and they'll just find another place to carry on, as you said. And, and you know, I find it interesting, since, since the designation and now since this announcement that they are disbanding, that becomes part of the recruitment and the motivation for being part of these groups, right? It's an example that they're holding up of the left-wing tyranny um, shutting them absolutely. down and being authoritarian. Yeah, absolutely. They, they, they're not in the statement. It was very telling, the statement. It, it, it didn't talk about how, um, you know, they, they never took really any kind of ownership or made any amends for what they've done. They just said, we're being persecuted. Right. You know, and that's not verbatim, but we're being persecuted by the leftist tyranny, and therefore, in order to protect ourselves, this is what we have to do. But it's, it's meaningless because there is, no, there is no leadership structure. So we're, we're very skeptical about what it, what it really means. But, you know, even, even more important is that the Proud Boys in general have really had a decline in the last few years. Like, their activity has been next to nothing. You might see a few of them at an anti-lockdown rally, but they may not be there as Proud Boys. 
Right. Uh, the Manitoba chapter helped to organize an anti-lockdown event last summer, but they're they're really not they're really not as big of an issue here as they are in the states. And so it's going to be interesting to see from like the terror designation listing perspective what that how those relationships can be fleshed out and whether those relationships with the American Proud Boys could end up being problematic for the ones up here. Yeah, and I guess we'll just have to wait and see exactly how this all shapes out. But the, the message uh, you yeah. know, underlying here is that this is not over, and we don't even know exactly what this announcement means because there's all kinds of members of the Proud Boys in different chapters saying, and we're not going anywhere. So this is yeah, the end. I mean, it's... It, 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 it's, it's not over because they, they don't just stop being hate-promoting right. individuals. You don't just stop being, you know, um, you know, violent, far-right extremists. So whether, I mean, people are talking, you see a lot of chatter online about them rebranding. They don't have to rebrand. They can, they can operate as a loose network. They can join an existing group. They can do any number of things. Um, but certainly it, it doesn't make them go away. Okay, Elizabeth, thank you so much for your time this morning. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You bet. That's Elizabeth Simons, who is the executive director of the Canadian Anti-Hate Network.